Welcome to the HMO Experience, the UK's only HMO-focused property podcast, where every Monday, Matt, Jamie and Steve will inform and inspire you about everything to do with HMOs, rent-to-rent, and how to set up and grow a successful HMO business, whether you're just starting out or you're already on your way. Hi guys, I'm Harris and welcome to episode 16 of the HMO Experience podcast. Now, before we get underway, let me introduce you to these roses in either side of this massive thorn. Um, what was that? I've never called you a thorn. That's a new way to introduce the podcast. Let me introduce you to Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. Hi, I'm a little rose, apparently. (laughs) And Steve, say what's up, Steve. And what's up, What's up? Now, in this episode, um, we're going to be covering off um, furniture leasing. I'm pretty sure you would have tuned into episode 15 and when Jamie interviewed um, James Quirk. Quinn. Quinn. Apologies. Confusion furniture. furniture. Um, Yeah, so we are going to be discussing the options regarding um, furniture leasing and purchasing. So as I personally don't have any um, experience other than purchasing experience with regards to furniture, I'm going to hand the floor over to you guys um, and for you to share your um, respective experiences with regards to the setup of your properties and buying and leasing. Cool. Is that cool? So he's going to kick off. I'll kick off. On the last episode, I I almost um, got a bit too excited to talk about (laughs) leasing then. Um, So this is the episode for that. But just in essence, of course, as anyone who's um, setting up and running a property business, you've got to keep very um, tight controls as over what you spend, but also what you make. Um, I think I also shared in the last episode the example of what Stephen and I did for the first few properties that we uh, ran as a renter at HMO in Bedford. We bought. We bought our furniture. We didn't know any other option about it. Mm. However, that's a, that takes a big chunk of your cash. So you might have a five-bed or six-bed or seven-bed or bigger HMO. Imagine how much furniture you need in those properties. As we said in the last podcast episode, it's not just a double bed. It's not just one or two um, chests of drawers, uh, side tables. There's a lot of furniture. Multiply that by that room by five or six or seven, and it's a lot. And that stuff is expensive. So the option you have is either to buy, and again, that's cool if you want mm-hmm. to own the furniture, or you might want to consider spreading the costs and the value of that furniture over a monthly payment plan. And that's where leasing might be an option for you. So just think about this. We have an example of a recent, a very large eight-bedroom professional HMO in Kimbolton Road in Bedford. Mm. And our option was either to spend £7,000 cash from the business to go and buy brand new furniture or to consider spreading those costs over a payment plan using a furniture leasing option. Mm. That same value of the furniture, which would have cost us £7,000, Actually, using a payment plan, using a lease um, plan, now costs us £205 plus VAT per month. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you factor that in correctly, in the same way that Steve mentioned that in the last podcast episode, you can ensure that your rental profit serves as the monthly lease costs. So I, I personally think it's an amazing option for those people who don't want to buy or don't want to commit so many of their funds into buying brand new furniture. Nice. What do you think, Steve? 
I think that um, had we known about um, furniture leasing right from the get-go, we probably would have scaled quicker. Yeah. Um, because we purchased, we used uh, 0% um, credit cards to, to buy, which uh, was sensible at the time. But if you are going to use um, 0% credit cards, then you need to, when you're doing your deal analysis, you need to uh, work out what the monthly cost is so that you can pay yourself back mm. and pay down your credit card. So um, as a, a very simple example, let's say, for example, that you are buying uh, furniture that's £3,600 and you put that on a 0% credit card. In your deal analysis, you have to be taking out £100 a month to pay down your 0% credit card debt so that after 36 months, when that deal um, expires, you're not going into um, a period whereby you're having to pay interest on that uh, on that debt. Mm-hmm. Of course, if your um, interest-free uh, card is only 18 months, then you don't want to be amortizing that um, or paying that down over 36 months. That's going to be done over 18 months, mm-hmm. and therefore your payments will go up to £200 a month. So if you are going to do that, then please make sure that you are paying yourself back and you're paying down your credit card. But had we um, known about this, we would have scaled quicker because it would have meant that we weren't having to um, reinvest the profit that we were making from the business back into the furniture setup. It would have meant that we could have scaled quicker and and got more property. Mm -hmm. But the way that leasing works um, is uh, you've got to consider what happens at the end. So at some point, this furniture that you're leasing will come to the end of its lease. So you've got a couple of options that you need to consider. So the first option is that you can just give the equipment back, the the bed bases, the um, bedside tables, uh, all the, what I call the hard stuff, not the soft stuff. So you can't lease things like curtains, cushions, pillows, um, the staging stuff. You can't lease that. It has to be the big things um, or the hard stuff, as Mm. I call it. Um, And... On the basis um, that you um, have leased this, you can either give that uh, equipment back to the leasing company and then you go and uh, lease new stuff, so you do a new deal. Um, Or you can pay what's called a peppercorn rent. So you still don't own the equipment. The leasing company owns the equipment, but you might pay 5, 10, 15 pound a month, uh, whatever you agree with the uh, the leasing company, so you still are paying for the use of that equipment, or you can take ownership. So uh, we will be coming to the end of our first three-year deal in January, um, and we've just been contacted to find out what we want to do. So we will probably want to buy that furniture yeah. um, rather than give it back and have the logistical challenge of bringing new furniture in because the house is full, we'd have to get... Um, customers' clothes out of the wardrobes and out of the chest of drawers and they'd have to take all their bed linen off the bed and take the mattresses away and the bed bases and the headboards mm-hmm. and put all new stuff in. So actually, logistically and financially, makes sense for us to buy it. So what we will do um, is that the leasing company uh, will charge us an amount of money yeah. um, in order for us to acquire uh, what's called the title uh, of that lease. Um, and we have to do it in that way, whereby the leasing company will take ownership. Mm. Uh, they will then sell that to us 
for a nominal amount of money. I think the, the figure that we would read is something like £200. Um, and then that entitles us to take what's called title of that furniture. We now own that furniture, but it doesn't have any impact on the VAT that we would have paid on the lease, monthly lease payments mm. that we paid to the leasing company, if that makes sense. So if you are leasing um, your furniture, make sure that you have a very um, upfront discussion with the lessor um, as to what happens at the end of the agreement um, so that you're fully prepared and you understand the process and the procedure that you have to go through in order to either return that mm. to continue to pay a monthly peppercorn lease or to take ownership um, from the leasing company. Yeah. So, Can I jump in quickly? Yeah, yeah please. Um, one, one point I think is really important that Steve mentioned there, just to sort of um, illustrate this. If you have a business which is VAT registered mm. and you've got a good accountant and they are informed about how you are going to be potentially leasing your furniture, of course, if you are VAT registered and you do it in the way that Steve's just outlined, you might be able to charge back the VAT. That's a 20% discount. That's mm. a really good uh, way potentially of uh, financing and growing your business and getting some benefit back from leasing the furniture costs too. Sorry, but I don't want to jump in. Yeah, no, no, it's good. So let me just get an understanding. This is on the basis that you're leasing furniture from the actual furniture supplier. No. Okay. So what the, the process that happens is, so let's take our friends at Fusion, for example. So um, we have our standard um, uh, equipment that yeah. we talked about in the last um, podcast. Yeah, we happen to know what it is, but we'll still go back to the um, the furniture provider in this example, Fusion, and say, yeah. "Hey, James, give us a quote for all the stuff that we need." Right, he'll go, "No problem, Steve. I'll get that over to you in five minutes." He'll send over his um, his quote. Right, so that quote will, will um, be totaled up, and let's just say, for example, it's three thousand six hundred pounds. Yeah, I then take that quote. I then go and find myself um, a leasing supplier. Right. And what I will do is I will send that quote to the leasing supplier. Right. And then they will come back and say, Steve, that £3,600 furniture that you want to buy, we'll buy on your behalf. Right. So they will physically transfer £3,600 over to James at Fusion Furniture. Uh-huh. What they're going to do is charge me for the privilege of doing that. Sure. So I will have a monthly... Uh, lease payment, which will go to pay back the money that they've paid James, plus an interest amount on sure. top, plus VAT on top, um, because they will be uh, VAT registered. Yeah. Now, as Jamie mentioned, if you're not VAT registered, you can't claim it back. If you are VAT registered, you can claim that back through your accounts. So the leasing company will go and buy the furniture. Yeah. Um, they would um, then want an inventory of everything that has arrived at the house. So if it's a five-bed HMO, five wardrobes, five chests of drawers, or ten chests of drawers as we would do, um, sorry, bedside tables, five uh, wardrobes, bed bases, headboards, mattresses, mm. uh, could be sofas, could be ch- uh, dining tables, could be chairs, it could be an occasional table, whatever it is that you've put together, um, they will want an inv- what's called an inventory. Yeah. And then they will send a, um, an email to me saying, We've had from Fusion Furniture, this is all of the equipment mm. that you have. Um, they will call it equipment. We call it furniture. Sure. This is all the equipment you've had. Can you verify that you've, A, received it all? Yeah. 
and B, that is all in good working order. So as part of the check-in, um, uh, the equipment arrival process, uh, the fusion guys will put it in the right position, they'll take all the wrapping off, they'll yeah. put it together and, and make it all nice and good, clean up after themselves, exit the house, we then go and check to make sure before they leave that all the drawers are opening, um, that the furniture is sturdy, that we've got everything that we've ordered, yeah. and we'll go, yeah, we'll, go, we'll fire an email back to the uh, leasing company saying, yeah, we've got everything, it's all in good working order. And now the responsibility is on us. Right. So month one comes, they send an invoice, we pay it. Yeah. Month two comes, they send an invoice, we pay it. Yeah. Month three comes, and one of our customers has broken a bed. Yeah. Ah, what do we do now? Well, we don't own this equipment, but we've got to replace the bed because the customer can't use it. Mm. So what we will have to do is um, call up James. So yeah. James, one of the bread's, bed's broken. We think it's a faulty product. He will say, very unlikely, Steve. I'll say, <laughs> actually, James, you're probably right. So we will then need to replace that bed. Now, the leasing company is expecting, at the end of the lease, five bed bases mm. now. So this is one of the downsides of leasing because we are now going to have to put our own uh, hand in our pocket potentially or charge the customer if it's down to customer neg uh, negligence Sorry. and get James to supply us with another uh, bed base. Yeah. Once we've got that bed base that we've now paid for additionally, that will have to go onto the inventory because at the end of the lease, the leasing company is expecting five bed bases back, even though we've now had six, right. i.e. the five that was originally provided and the additional one that we've bought. Yeah. Because if we can't give five bed bases back or evidence that there are still five bed bases, then they're going to charge us for damages. Okay. And if they charge us for damages, then that's when it starts to um, penalise you or sort of speak, the, the cost of that starts to become prohibitive. So one of the things that's vitally important is that if you have any damages, doesn't matter if it's a bed, a bedside table, a wardrobe, whatever it might be, um, you have to make sure that you replace it so that when you come to the end of your lease, you have the correct um, amount of equipment, the correct number of items that are potentially going to go back to the leasing company if that's what you decide. Okay. Hopefully that was yeah. simple. Cool. So um, <clears throat> that makes the leasing aspect a little bit clear. And I guess in my um, head, it's a similar sort of analogy to like leasing a car. Right? Yeah. So you get higher purchase where over a term of whatever long you pay X amount of money per month. And then at the end of that term, you get to um, uh, make like a balloon payment or whatever it is to clear. There's no balloon payment this furniture. Cool. So then there's no payment, you've paid off the cost of the furniture at the end of the loan, you yeah. can either keep it or exchange it, like you said, if you want to renew, yeah. and it's just a new lease agreement which you set up, right? And yeah. they come and remove and replace with new furniture and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that makes it easier. Yeah. It's a great option. Now, we've used a number of companies over the years to do the uh, leasing. Um, I'll put links to some of those in the description of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, there's an amazing guy called Andrew Southwood. We've been using now for a while with a number of our properties. He works for a company called Colburn Finance and also D&D Leasing. And again, he's an expert in this stuff and he's independent. So he can give you a, a, a chat 
about your individual circumstances mm. and advise you accordingly. Nice. But here's the thing I learned from Andrew uh, recently, which I didn't know beforehand. Um, I thought you could only lease furniture right. in your rental properties, whether you own them or indeed um, do rent for HMO. But actually, you can actually lease other things too. So Andrew was able to help me finance through a lease payment, brand new kitchen, oh, wow. brand new bathrooms, you can put fire doors in there. Anything which is going to be part of the structure of a property that you are buying and refurbishing, you could potentially lease too. Now, it's not the cheapest finance out there, but it mm. might be another finance option for you. So just worth worth having a think about. It's not just furniture, even though this podcast episode is about furniture. Yeah. Right? So just on that, um, I guess it would be good to go, now we're going through the mechanics of the leasing process to... Um, perhaps compare the benefits and the um, the burdens or the disadvantages of, of leasing compared sure. with buying. Cool. Yeah, I think um, the disadvantage of leasing is that you don't own it. So um, if Jamie decided that he wasn't going to be paying the lease side, uh, the lease cost on his kitchen, guess who's going to knock at the door <laughs> and ask for their kitchen back? Um, but with the screwdriver and to add insult to injury they'll probably ask Jamie to take it out with his Allen key yeah. and if I can't I can't get you come on I love Ikea <laughs> and if you listen to the last podcast you'll understand the implication of the Allen key um, but yeah the, 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 what, the first disadvantage is that you don't you don't own it yeah um, so therefore um, if it does uh, break go wrong um, malfunction um, you, you have to replace it mm. but the leasing company is still going to want their um, their equipment back um, the other disadvantage is that um, if you uh, if you don't pay then that goes against your credit rating because they are going to uh, do a credit check against you um, personally or a company or both probably both mm. it depends if you're starting out they might do it against you mm. so therefore if you've got a um, not very strong credit rating yeah. um, you might not be eligible sure. um, we at the very beginning um, had to sign director's guarantees right. um, so that if we didn't pay because the company was um, sort of under two years old um, that um, they could come to our primary residences and remove items to the value of whatever was um, um, the the equipment was uh, valued at. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so there are. The other thing is that if you're a new company, you may be charged a higher interest rate than if you're an established yeah. company. Um, and all an interest rate is, in, in my humble opinion, is a reflection of risk. Yeah. And if you're a new uh, company, the risk to them is higher than if you're an established company. Yeah. So if you're um, paying your bills on time and uh, and the leasing companies will have access to um, how quickly you do pay your bills and that might be things like your broadband, your council tax, mm. um, uh, if you take out British gas insurance on your boilers, on those, it's always good to have those set up on direct debit so it just goes out without thinking about it. Um, if you've got um, uh, large uh, debtor days against you, then um, you, you might find that you're not eligible mm. uh, and therefore you have to find another way of being able to finance that. If you are uh, a new HMO developer, for example, and you want to put in things like kitchens, fire alarms, fire doors, all of that, all of that hard stuff, 
Um, again, they might turn and say, well, you haven't got a track record. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to pick up the phone, as Jamie said, speak with the companies to find out what their criteria is, to have a quote to hand that you can send to them um, and shop around. Yeah. Um, the, the main differentiator between all of these leasing companies is just the interest rate. Yeah. Mm. Most It's a vanilla product. Um, it's not complicated, um, although it might seem a bit daunting if you've never been through it before. Mm. But shop around and uh, click on the links below and, um, and and see if that's right for you. It's not right for everybody, yeah. um, but it might be right for you. Nice. So look, um, Jamie, Steve's gone through some of the disadvantages. Um, what would you say are some of the benefits when comparing and buying furniture or, or leasing it? Cool. I think that the two main benefits really are tax. Yeah. Depending on how you're set up, how your business is set up, you might be able to claim the VAT back, as Steve mentioned earlier, mm. which could be a nice little 20% saving, for example. Um, the, but the, the, the main benefit that I see and that we've used ourselves and the reason why we've gone down this route a lot in recent years is spreading the cost of the furniture. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you have a really good rent-to-rent HMO or HMO that you, you're buying or have bought and the rental income is strong enough, yeah. why not get the rental profit and elements of that to pay or service the lease costs? Um, it, it, For my um, opinion, it's, it's a really solid way of building a strong cash flow in business where the business is actually servicing the costs of that business. Mm. So that's why I love it. Yeah, nice. Cool. So I think it'd be quite nice um, uh, to wrap up this episode with a little case study. Oh. Now, uh, I've got here in the show notes, Kim Bolton Road, I think which you've mentioned the setup costs were pretty high. So I think it'd be worth just giving a little recap in terms of um, what the costs were and the arrangements that you guys have got in place and I guess the amount of furniture that you managed to get for, for what you had to set the property up for. Okay, I'll, I'll let Steve answer the detail on oh, that, if I may. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so this was our, the, the biggest project that we um, had undertaken at that point. We, we'd had uh, four beds, we've got some five beds, we've got a six bed, we even got a seven bed. No, I never had a nine bed uh, property. Mm. In fact, we, we didn't turn it immediately into nine beds because we need to go through planning and, and getting the, um, the, the the change of use from um, C3, because it was set up as a residential, yeah. to C4, and then on to Sue Generous, uh, which took, took a little time. But when I started to look at what the setup costs of this property would be, and that the, the owner was amazing because he put in uh, um, a fair chunk of money to, to create a new kitchen, repaint all the rooms, new carpets in all the bedrooms. And our contribution to that was uh, going to be the furniture. So um, we were looking at spending somewhere between seven and eight and a half thousand pounds. Um, we went to furniture, uh, Fusion Furniture, they, they supplied it for us. And I thought, well, we actually came across a company called Landlord Smart at the time, mm. uh, Tracy uh, Woods and Nigel Woods. So again, a shout out for them. You can and check them out as well because um, they helped us out on that uh, that very first deal. And I was looking at the bank accounts and I was sort of thinking, is that money better in my bank account or is that better in James's bank account? Mm. And sorry, James, I decided that that money was better <laughs> in my bank account and not in your bank account. Um, 
So that's when I uh, reached out to Nigel at Landlord Smart and, and he put forward this uh, proposal for leasing, which at the end of the day was, was crazy because I just spent 10 years in leasing equipment, anything from corporate jets to bottle machines to... I wasn't going to mention that. No. Well, <laughs> wow. so I just thought, why didn't I think of that? Why is, why is Landlord Smart not my business? But anyway, that was, uh, that was that. He's not bitter. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Um, twisted maybe, but not bitter. And um, I thought, okay, so James's money's um, uh, it's better to have money in my account, not James's account. Um, went to Landlord Smart, got a quote from James, gave the quote to Landlord Smart, and did exactly as I've explained before. Um, and when I looked at the price that came back, I couldn't, I didn't believe it. So I went back and rechecked. And it was something like £205.70 and odd pence. Oh, and when I put that into the deal analysis of, uh, of Kimbolton Road, we were still making double what we would um, expect to make on that or what our minimum um, nice. deal value is on, on that property. So, so it, was a, it was a real simple um, decision to go ahead and do that. Yeah. And then did that on a four-bedroom house. Yeah. Um, on uh, a property uh, on um, Halbury Street. And when I looked at the uh, equipment that was going to go into that, which by definition is a smaller house, is going to be a lot less, yeah. um, the deal actually couldn't support it. We'd actually go below what we set as our minimum deal value. And, and we always make decisions that are numbers-based. It's not emotion-based, it's numbers-based because the numbers take the emotion out of the decision. And made a decision that actually on this one, it doesn't work. Mm. So we went back to our trusty old um, 0% credit cards mm. for that particular deal. Um, because when you're comparing using something like a 0% credit card with a lease option, the difference is gonna be the interest. Mm. So on Halbury Street, we were gonna pay something like 178 pounds a month. Uh, no, sorry, that's a lie. £138 a month uh, in terms of that lease cost. Yeah. And the reason why it's not um, in proportion to Kimbolton Road is because the more that you spend, the more attractive interest rate you get. The less you spend, mm. the higher the interest rate will be. So on this one, we thought, no, we're going down 0% credit card, uh, we'll pay zero interest, but the property still needs to pay for the property, uh, for the furniture, sorry. So we ended out uh, ended up having about a seventy-eight pound charge yeah. coming out each month to go and pay off the zero percent credit card, nice. which was um, fifty odd quid saving, and that was the difference between it making a deal for us and it not being a deal for us. So we were still able to to leverage credit, but not leasing. Mm. It we we were leveraging the zero percent um, credit. So we're going and we're slowly paying down the, um, the the outstanding balance on the 0% credit card. Yeah. But the important point is that the property is paying for it. Mm. We're not putting our hands in our pocket to pay for that. The property is paying for it. But on that instance, leasing wasn't uh, a suitable solution for us, if nice. that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Can I add one little tip? Yeah, let's do, right. let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Just a quick one. Again, this is relevant to a number of the podcasts we've already done so far for the HMO experience. <clears throat> You could, if you wanted to, use this whole concept in your negotiation when taking on properties from a rent-to-rent landlord. So let me explain. If they think 
you are putting in seven or eight thousand pounds worth of potential brand new furniture mm. into their property, they might then either be much more amenable to having a conversation yeah. or agreeing for you to manage their property. Or they might, if the property needs doing up a bit in, in some way, shape or form, they might be happy to invest their own funds like the landlord did of Kim Bolton Road because they think you're putting in uh, an equal or certainly a big chunk of money into the property. They don't necessarily need to know that you are leasing that furniture yeah. rather than buying it. So just a little tip there. Yeah, nice. Hope that helps. We'll have that as a little uh, hashtag HMI hat. Oh, just I'll, at the end of the episode. No, no, no. This I'll, is do, that, I'll do that again. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll give a little bit put that as well. That's good. So, look, I think um, this has been a really um, useful and really insightful um, episode for me as well, particularly because I haven't dealt with any furniture leasing before. So, thank you very much, guys, for sharing. Oh, pleasure. Um, I, think, um, I think we'll call it a day on this episode. Um, we have got... Episode number 17 coming up, which is all about HMO snagging. So um, I know, uh, I think it was episode 11 when Steve and I went through the um, property setup. So now we've gone through um, the design stage and obviously getting your property um, furnished. And now just before you get it ready for people to move in, um, we're going to make sure that the snagging, so all the little bits and pieces which um, you generally tend to forget before you start getting people to move in, and we're going to be covering those off in the next episode. So for now, thank you very much for joining. Um, please make sure that you leave a comment or any questions on the HMO Experience Facebook page and make sure that you leave any comments or questions on the um, YouTube channel as well if you're watching us in living colour. I know Steve is smiling right now. Go on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> I'm smiling. <laughs> He's smiling. He's smiling. smiling. On the inside, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, if you want to um, continue the conversation, we have um, uh, a Facebook group um, which is called um, the Property and HMO Forum. It is. Is that right? Yeah, well, well remember. Yeah. Cheers. So make sure you join that. There's going to be like-minded people within the group and um, that you can ask questions, obviously share your experience. And we um, keep an eye on the group as well and make sure that we come back on any relevant questions that you guys have got um, in relation to podcast episodes in there. Um, I mentioned hashtag HMO Hacks. Keep an eye out for those on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And um, if you've got anything specific on each episode to ask, um, you can tweet, you can post in the groups and the comments and all that kind of stuff that I just mentioned. And also on Instagram, make sure you um, give us some feedback. So next Monday, I know I'm rambling on a little bit, but I just want to wrap it up. We are going on to HMO Snagging. So for now, it is goodbye from Jamie. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Steve. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the HMO Experience. Don't forget that all of the resources mentioned in each episode will be available on our website, www.thmoexperience.co.uk. We regularly update our website with new content to help you along your HMO journey. So make sure you check out www.thmoexperience.co.uk for more details. Also, remember to join our online community by liking the HMO Experience Facebook page and subscribing to our YouTube channel.